Welcome to Have You Seen This, the podcast about obscure, overlooked, and misbegotten cinema. All discussions will be spoiler heavy. You have been warned. Jennifer Albright, and today I've got, once again, Paul J. Hi, everybody. This is what I sound like when I talk. You might remember him from our Wizard of Speed and Time episode, where we attacked libertarianism at length. <laughs> but it attacked us first, <laughs> Yeah, to was, be fair. It Liber- was self-defense. Libertarianism started it, and we finished it. <laughs> That's how we do. But I brought Paul back today to talk about an extra special spoopy thing for Halloween. Spoopy. It's the Paul Lind Halloween special. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> where does one where does one begin? Where does yeah. one begin with this? I I'd, um, I'd never I'd never seen it. I I'd, I'd heard about it uh, from a few different places. I think I think Dana Gould speaks very fondly of it. He's like a comic who's also has a podcast and is a huge Halloween fanatic. And That's a real nerd thing to be. Have yeah. you noticed? The Halloween yeah because yeah, you know it's it's when we rule the night it's like haha i know more about makeup than you do i thought jocks it was, i thought yeah it's like frustrated theater kids and people were like i can cosplay and it's socially acceptable sure exactly oh yeah homestuck is totally a thing that everybody knows about that's why i'm dressed as it not because <laughs> it's the only way i can get an erection <laughs> don't get any ideas <laughs> But yeah, um, I guess I should give some a little bit of background because this is probably before a lot of people's time. Oh yeah, I realized when I when I, I looked this thing up, and it is exactly as old as I am. Oh my god, seriously? Yeah, yeah, it's 76? it's 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 uh, just just I was born in seventy seven, but but it's just a few months older than I am. So that was a that was a magical and terrifying. Well, that's got to be re- a real gut punch. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> the other thing I think of as being my age is Star Wars, which I think of as an ageless piece of pop cultural beauty. But it was much like ev- myself. It, yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Just just like like me. I was. I, I came out of the seventies. I, I I am a product. You came of out of a our, Happy Meal box. Yeah. 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 I was going to say I'm a product of our nation's long struggle with the Vietnam War and civil rights. And obesity. Ultimately resulted in me, but... He's a new food changeable. More, more importantly resulted in things like the Paul Lind Halloween special. And yeah, yeah, it really got me thinking about how... <laughs> this is a kind of a tangent, but how Star Wars was an anomaly back then in that it was something that actually would survive the 70s. Almost nothing about the pop culture of the 70s survived the 70s without turning into kitsch, maybe even before it came out. That's, <laughs> like, a, very, that's a very good point because this particular piece is sort of a relic it really shows its age. By the way, it is easily viewable on YouTube if you're insane enough to type Paul Lind Halloween special into the search bar. Oh, yeah, that's where I saw it. Um, now, for those who don't know, Paul Lind was a television and Broadway star, a comedian, and famously mean drunk. Um, he's probably best known for playing the dad on Bye, in Bye Bye Birdie, both the uh, stage version and the movie version. And for being the center square on Hollywood Squares for like 15 years oh or something my, like oh that. Oh my God, he was in Bye Bye Birdie? Yeah. I didn't, oh, I didn't know that. He plays the patriarch. <laughs> the heterosexual patriarch? Yes, the completely heterosexual the head of a family. Married to a woman guy who likes women? Yes, the guy who totally ejaculated into a vagina and produced on, children. On Paul Lynn, ladies and gentlemen. That's another thing that we should point out about Paul Lind, which is very interesting, is that um, he was a character actor who really played only one character, which was Paul Lind. Yeah. He Oh, and he also played Uncle Arthur in Bewitched. He played it, he played it well. How could I forget? Um, but he was very popular, and this was a time when literally no one 
talked about homosexuality and depictions of homosexuals were usually played strictly for kind of mean laughs. And he was out within the entertainment industry. How could he not be? My my God. Can you imagine people (laughs) being shocked by that who worked with him? Yeah. Well, you know, but, but it was, that was, that was a time when being out in the industry and out in real life were way more separate than they are now. I think people still, some people still live like that, but not nearly as many as did back then. Exactly. So he cultivated this very flamboyant public persona while being completely tight-lipped about his personal life. But he was so frigging popular that uh, I believe it was ABC set him up with a shitload of, of variety specials which is where, you know, this one comes from. Now, the thing about variety shows, um, it's, this is another relic because the variety format was very popular for a number of years in television, probably up until about the, the early 80s. Yeah, I was, I was trying to remember if I'd ever seen, I think I'm just barely too young to have actually seen anything like this on TV, as far as I can remember, maybe when I was like four, but um, by the time I was a fully conscious TV viewing little kid in the 80s, this stuff was gone. The only reference I had for specials like this was the various times they've parodied it on The Simpsons. Yes, because they did other do shows a... that we yeah. watch too much of. But <laughs> the Simpsons did it numerous times. The Simpsons had it on The Simpsons spinoff special. They did a variety show one of the segments was a variety show that the simpsons did as a television comeback instead of a instead of a sitcom they just had a variety show where they they all do skits that are completely unconnected to each other and just goofy excuses to do musical numbers and terrible 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 bruce valanche jokes and everything and i watched that episode of the time i was like what a weird thing what is this even referring to and then i watched this and it's like oh yeah the other thing i should mention is that um if you've ever seen the Star Wars holiday special, oh yeah, it That's kind of it kind of ruins your calibration for variety show badness because everything <laughs> in the Star Wars holiday special is just so wrongheaded and ill-conceived. The first time I watched the Paul Lynn holiday special, I was like, "Well, like this isn't good, but you know, it's not that bad." No, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think the weird thing about the the Star Wars holiday special is that it is terrible. It is it is one of the most unwatchable things I've ever attempted to watch i've never seen it all the way through but it's (laughs) but it's also a perfect example of the form yeah it's set up exactly the way all of these things were set up it's just every element of it is done horribly uh and this this one is better than that the paul lynn special is better than that but it's still very much this weird disconnected short attention span a weird combination of a short attention span and an absurdly long attention span for some of the segments go on forever yeah i think it's like an hour long but it feels like three it's 50 minutes on youtube it was 50 minutes because they didn't they didn't cut out as much time for commercials back then and and man oh man some of the stuff they chose to linger upon is just baffling what like um, depictions of Poland as relentlessly heterosexual? Right. Oh, he woos so many ladies in this thing. Ladies just love him. Lady after lady, just just tearing their clothes off <laughs> with both hands, just to get anywhere near Paul Lind. Just women just fighting over Paul Lind, and Paul Paul Lind like being seeming vaguely concerned and frightened at how many women are trying to get with him at certain points and it's funny because um kind of to prep for this episode i watched an old um, biography um episode about paul lynn (laughs) and apparently when he was on hollywood squares he would get like love letters from women and like marriage proposals and stuff like that you know so do serial killers (laughs) you never know what people are gonna be into when they're into but yeah i was again not I was a child in the 70s and 80s. I did not know how society dealt with this kind of stuff. But from what I've what I've picked up from talking to guys who are maybe 10 years older than me, who remember 
this sort of thing. Uh, it's that people back then really, and you can see this in, in Liberace's fandom as well. If you know anything about Liberace, who is a magnificently just walking chandelier of a flamboyant gay man who had just Le female admirers Legions. that could have you could have stacked them on top of each other and they would have gone to Mars and back just an unbelievable number of women wanted to get with Liberace and ba back then the things we think of as super obvious signifiers of homosexuality people just didn't know about they were just like oh he's flamboyant he's fun he's just a silly goofy guy and no nobody nobody knew nobody nobody knew the the code no. i guess for some of this stuff and obviously i'm not saying that every single man with a lisp is gay but um but damn near j just about 90 percent <laughs> 90 90 95 percent um if you speak with a lisp and you don't know this about yourself surprise but, but yeah it, um I, i've Watch it, watching it now, it's so much weirder than I think it was watching it then for the average for the average viewer. Cer certainly, uh, I, I watched this with my wife, and she she suggested, "Do you think the writers of this special took special delight in forcing him to get with lady after lady after lady?" That's what it felt it's like. One of those one of those things where they're like, "Oh, he's get this is gonna drive him nuts." <laughs> let's get him. Let's get him between between margaret hamilton and witchy poo and just two you know, hot ladies am two, i right oh yeah oh man sex symbols in their day <laughs> again we gotta take we gotta we gotta meet this show halfway and remember that witchy poo was just every every man's fantasy for yeah like uh, remember like the most popular poster in the 70s was farrah fawcett and then the second was witchy poo right right with one nip out yeah it was yeah. in it was in so many lockers and like garages yeah it was it was um mm. Yeah. If you if you can find one today, that that is not just just shredded by a masturbator, it'll give sell, you. A, you can sell it for a lot of money. It'll give you a real puffin stuff. Let me tell you. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> oh yeah, because witchy poo was a craft thing. I forgot. Yeah, about which that. they a... they make a special point of s announcing over the end credits, like witchy poo is a character owned by the Sid and Marty Croft players or whatever, which, and it's like, which back... okay, great, thanks. Yeah, back then that was a thing you had to you had to reckon with anyway so um the way that this show is structured is that you know you have your show busy intro and you have your musical numbers and you have then your comedy sketches with special air quotes S guest stars special in this case meaning available can you name some of the guest stars <laughs> oh the show? can i ever because the wikipedia page is open uh <laughs> margaret hamilton of the Wizard of Oz fame. Wicked Witch of the West Margaret Hamilton plays Paul Lynn's maid. She is the first person to show up in the program besides him. And I like made a noise when I saw her. I was like, whoa, what is she doing here? Uh, Billy Barty, who is also a famous, famous uh, small person performer. Another insanely talented person who had a storied career in Hollywood. And, yeah, God, and, that guy worked for like 70 years yeah, or something. And ended up on this thing. Uh, Tim Conway, who just would show up when you were filming something that was going to be on TV in the 70s. <laughs> well, he was... You wouldn't even have to cast him. You wouldn't even have to call him. He would just kind of wander by and be like, you need somebody to play like a, like a nervous trucker? Sure, I'll do that. <laughs> well, and I think at the time he was big from um, the Carol Burnett show. Oh, yeah. Contemporary. Yeah. Tonight. Yeah. Uh, Roz, she is credited this way in the show, on on in the in the the titles and out loud at the end of the show by Paul Land when he thanks her for showing up. Roz quote Pinky Tuscadero quote Kelly. Every single I, I, like every special like this from back then, the guest star list is like someone just threw a handful of darts at the seventies. It's like and whoever they stuck in, they just got to be on the show i think what they did was that they um took a rolodex and just like threw it against a wall and like the cards that fell down the first like they would pick out like the yeah. first like eight cards and those were your guests yeah, it, was, it was like that magic trick where the magician like sprays the cards in the air and then like just florence henderson lands for <laughs> yeah because that's our next guest star um florence, mrs brady herself Mrs. brady herself who i gotta say kind of kills it kind of does a great job in the very few things she's asked to do she has a very short terrible comedy sketch with paul lind that she 
really goes all out with. Yeah, I gotta hand it to her because she's pretty... like, you know, I'm gonna have to kiss Paul in. Like, all bets are off. She did her best. Yeah, she did her best with that. And when she when she she's playing she's playing like a very frigid English woman and doing this ludicrous accent that was very deliberately hilarious. And she she describes herself as without passion, without emotion. <laughs> and I actually laughed out loud at that because I was I don't know I don't know why that got me so hard. Way to go, Mrs. Hysterical. Brady. And again, this this kind of goes back to seventies nostalgia culture because one of the other things that was sort of happening in the seventies was a revival of interest in um, the golden age of Hollywood. Yeah. Um, cause you had movies like that's entertainment, which were basically like, you know, MGM movie clip shows and, you know, which is why you could do a sketch on TV, which evokes Rudolph Valentino's chic <laughs> right. character. Like nowadays, like people would just be completely lost. No like, one would have, fuck? no one would know what you were doing. Also, it's like disgustingly orientalist, so... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, boy. If you if you watch this thing, <laughs> watch for and enjoy Paul Lynn's chic costume, which is just made up of God knows what random ass ethnic looking costume pieces they had lying around. He's got his hair done in a like a center part. Yeah, well, it's slicked down reason. like Valentino. Is and that then, what it's supposed yeah. to be? Yeah. Okay. And then he's got he's got a big old like pirate earring. And he, uh, one thing I noticed was that he has like gold platform boots on. Because <laughs> <laughs> they had to make him look big and imposing. Because Florence Anderson is like nine feet tall. Is she? She both she looked that way on the show. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Now we got a oh, great. Now we got to Google Florence Henderson height. <laughs> Mrs. Brady. Yeah. Hmm. She's you the know, original milf. Get get to see Mr. Mrs. Brady. Uh, get her get her freak on a little bit. Um, you know, make out with uh, a chic and. Uh, and they mash go, their faces go, together. Oh, a that's times. the worst kissing I've ever seen <laughs> on film or video. My God, I can't. I I gotta imagine they were, that was part of the point that it looked so ridiculous. But yeah. who knows? Who knows back then? But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> right. Oh, guest star. We're still going through guest stars. We haven't even gotten to that. We're most of the way through. Yeah. Um. So Betty White puts in an, an appearance as Miss Halloween 1976, <laughs> which is weird, but all right. I was, is she supposed to be a witch? That was what we were wondering. Um, <laughs> Jen immediately said, the white witch, when she showed up. Yeah, because like, oh, she no. shows up in a big white gown. Yeah, and and she it's... spirals in like via video toaster. Well, she, yeah, oh yeah, God, that that effect was so odd. Um, I the the whole thing had a very uh, um, fitting with the Wizard of Oz theme of this inexplicably Wizard of Oz themed thing. Um, had a very Glinda the Good Witch of the North vibe when she shows up. She just yeah. sort of sort of drops in and is like, hello. Yeah, I'm I'm courtly. (laughs) It might have been a thread that they raised and then dropped in the writer's room. I don't know. Possibly. Because it it really feels like they're just winging it the whole time and they wrote this in a day. Paul Lindsay, a friend of Dorothy. Let's work work some of these things in here. And yeah, she she doesn't really have much to do. If if this were made, if something like this were made today, Betty White would be like the centerpiece of multiple skits. Yeah, and they would have her swear a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She'd be rapping probably. But she's still delightful. No, yeah, she was she was great. We we were astounded that uh, she's apparently was just middle aged for forever the entire twentieth century. Somehow (laughs) she just looked like somebody's aunt, um, no matter what era she shows up in. Um, There's also also a brief. I don't know if they made it into the credits. They don't even have any lines. Donnie and Marie show up just to stuff Paul into an, into a trash can. <laughs> That's their only job. Goddamn Mormons. To show up and be Mormon and pretty and smiley. Yeah, they give a big smile to the camera and then they walk off. Right. Um, they. Thanks, Donnie and Marie. <laughs> this is what we Mormons think of the gays. Goodbye. <laughs> Garbage for you. And, um, again, the most random but also perfectly 70s guest stars, Kiss. The band Kiss have three songs. Yeah, and they three do three gigantic musical numbers. Yeah, and they do Beth because that song sold like a million. That was the hot records. one. Yeah, yeah, that was the hot one. That was that was one. Um, 
I keep bringing up Jen's reactions to things, but they were all so delightful because she'd never seen this either. We both watched this for the first time last night after after hearing about it forever. Oh, the and, joy! Yeah, yeah, and we were watching the Beth number, and uh, she she just sort of said in just forceful, just really projecting about halfway through. She said, "This song blows." <laughs> I was like, "Yes, yes, it does." Paul Lind, I hear you calling. <laughs> Because the other thing that we should mention is that this was time, um, it was right on the cusp of cable television. Um, it was, cable television had arrived, but had not spread to every home. Right, it was like rich people in major cities had cable television, but it was a very specialized, weird thing. Yeah, and you had a big box with clicky buttons. And, um, you know, I, I'm not sure, like, how many channels you would have gotten, but it, was, it wasn't anywhere near what you had today. Now, yeah, I feel like it was about as many cable channels as there were network channels for a little while. <laughs> Probably, because there were three networks for a long yeah. time. ABC, CBS, and NBC. Yeah. Uh, Fox didn't come along until mid, mid to late 80s. Yeah. We're talking about, we're talking about the monoculture here yeah so back it, when that was a thing it actually explains a lot about these variety shows because they're like oh people had nothing else to watch without leaving the house and going to a movie <laughs> people, people had nothing else to watch and every every single famous person was famous to everybody there was like only only age groups separating one famous person from another famous person like i i think i read i read that paul lind had no idea who kiss were when they were booked on this show <laughs> which is hilarious like they but... just they just they just roped them and the producers roped them in because they were super big at the time but paul Lynn was like oh how are these guys okay fine i hope he drunkenly abused them as <laughs> as oh god there was a story you can look up this video because it, it will probably pop up right next to this special on youtube <laughs> um there's a video where bruce valanche is being interviewed about Oh, I watched that too. Yeah, yeah. That, that's where I got this piece of information about Paul Lynn <laughs> not knowing who Kiss is. But he also tells this story about how they were shooting on a soundstage on the same studio lot as they were shooting Roots at the time. And Paul Lynn was on his way back from wardrobe dressed in full, like, witch or, or chic or something. Just dressed like a crazy person. I th maybe he was dressed as a witch. And he saw some of the actors from Roots... I, th I think he saw LeVar Burton on the way to the Roots stage from his makeup trailer <laughs> and just pointed at him and just yelled, Roots! <laughs> Naturally, LeVar Burton was terrified. Yeah, I don't. I would give money to hear if, if he remembers that and what his reaction was. If only Paul Lind had lived long enough to yell, Reading Rainbow! <laughs> at LeVar Burton. When did he die, Paul Lind? Uh, I believe when it was the say. early 80s. Uh, he died fairly young. Uh, yeah, he died in 1982 of a heart mm. attack at age okay. 55. Bummer. Probably alcoholism had a lot to do with it. Cocaine. <laughs> 70s, 80s. Poppers. Cocaine. Oh, well, any number of uh, people lived rough back then. That was a 55 in many ways was a respectable age for a celebrity to get to in uh, the 70s. But um, 70s were a good old time, I understand. Drug-fueled and hairy. Good old fun, fun pile of leisure-suited sweatiness for <laughs> almost everyone involved. But, uh, anyway, so, God, I don't even know where to start with this thing. <laughs> we can just start, we can just go chronologically through the, through the madness. Yeah, no, that's, that's kind of how I set it up. It's yeah, because... Like, it the, basically, it starts off with a sketch where he literally doesn't know what holiday to celebrate. yeah. Which, because there are no calendars in this house, for, I guess. Yeah, from the jump seems a little improbable that he doesn't know what time of year it is or what day it is or what he's... Hey, 70s are hard partying time, bro. Like, it could have been fucking... You know, what day is it? It could have been fucking Canada Day for all he knew, apparently. But yeah, because he's he <laughs> first he thinks it's Christmas, so he's dressed as Santa Claus, and then he thinks it's Easter, so he dresses as a furry it's an extreme bunny suit that is yeah. quite a bunny suit that he has on the morbidly obese rabbit yeah the morbidly obese ice cream bunny is his costume <laughs> yeah uh, and and uh, margaret hamilton is his maid who keeps yelling at him that he's got the wrong holiday um to have that they go through like yeah three holidays or something before yeah. he lands on halloween and then is it right after that that he has his monologue yeah, the obligatory monologue, yeah. which, um, again, the variety show format is kind of echoed in um, Saturday Night Live, which is kind of true. The, um, one of the only existing examples of it currently. 
which, uh, you know, it shambles oh, God. on. Yeah, I guess you're right. Zombie like. But yeah, so there's an obligatory opening monologue where he tells some incredibly creaky jokes sweetened with canned laughter. Oof, yeah. The, mm. <laughs> like when he introduces himself, he's like, I'm Paul Lind. Someone had to be. It's <laughs> <laughs> just that, oh, we can't, we can't convey this on a podcast but that smile he does every time he smiles is, is the paul lynn smile is so like it's like just someone's soul being cracked open it's really it's more so, of like a, a sneer induced by electrode right right yeah yeah like like yeah he's, he's a frog who's undergoing an experiment uh <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's very, very just smiling so hard that it goes past being a smile and into something else. Oh, this, this is a. He has more teeth than a life. This, this, this is a note I took during the. I'll just, I'm just gonna read a couple of notes verbatim as we go through this. And my note about that was people didn't need nice teeth in the 70s, because <laughs> when Pauline opens his mouth, it is like Fury Road in there. It is just. <laughs> chrome and decay and madness well let's not forget that screens were much lower resolution back then right screens were smaller colors were not as vivid and you did not need a gleaming bay window of perfectly white veneers to be (laughs) a famous person on television or even in movies tom cruise had weird shitty teeth oh man tom cruise's grill was so busted for a long time oh such a mess such a mess but um, L. Ron Hubbard helped fix it. Right, he didn't like even... they took all the thetans out of his mouth, and then his teeth realigned. He didn't even need braces; they just talked to his teeth yeah. for like they audited his teeth. I don't know how long it took, but it cost about eight million dollars. <laughs> like his his teeth held on to like a couple of those cans, and they watched a little needle move. Yep, yep. <laughs> and then they just yelled at them. They just yelled at his teeth, and threatened them. that they wouldn't get to talk to their families anymore unless they straighten out their whole act. Couldn't make them not gay, though. Nope. Nope. Gay teeth. (laughs) The only thing they could make straight about Tom Cruise was his teeth. Oh! (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. (laughs) Sad, sad, religiously induced homosexual conversion therapy aside Paul Lind that was like his main that was like his default facial expression is that kind of it's it's an interesting comic persona because he's constantly like smiling but also wincing at all of his own jokes like this this hurts me as much as it does you folks oh oh god what has become of my life Uh, and yeah that, that monologue was interminable but also like everything long, else really. in the show. Yeah. And then it goes into the song parody, which I, I thought was weird because I didn't realize he was in Bye Bye Birdie as yeah. the guy who sings that song. Yeah. It's the like a signature song. His signature song is, is kids to kids today. Is that yeah. Called? Yeah. And uh, it starts out with him sarcastically enjoying these kids today and then turning on them. Yeah. Because they're like, egging his house and mm-hmm. like murdering his house pets or and something. And these things know. are all represented by interpretive dance. <laughs> that's, another, that's something you don't get on Saturday Night Live is the interpretive dancers coming out. No, and, and like... surrounding the musical guests. You had it in like every variety show. Yeah, yeah. And they'd, like, all, they'd all be they, wearing themed costumes and they'd yeah. be doing themed dances. They even had it in um, the Hol- Star Wars Holiday Special. Did, didn't they? Yeah. Jesus God. Like the leotard guys on the like three dimensional chessboard. <laughs> oh, that hurts. That hurts to remember. <laughs> that's gonna fuck up my train of thought a lot if we mention the Star Wars holiday special. That's true. Times, yeah, but, but um, so we'll do our best. To... They do the kids number, and Donnie Mar- and Marie show up at the end to put Paul Lind into a trash can. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, they didn't do that with the rest of the show. Burp, 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 da, da, da. Uh, one one thing during that song uh, that uh, my wife didn't know was what the fuck is Bugsy Malone and I was like I barely know what that is that was a movie gangster movie cast with children that was a thing in the 70s for a very tiny little while they probably knew about it just long enough for it to make it into a monologue like this or uh, the song or wherever the hell I heard it and um, and it was gone I guess that came out in like 75 or 76 to be included something like that yeah yeah Yeah, that sounds about right and then the song is over and then we're into the witches so lengthy lengthy witch segment that's the frame the frame for the show i should say like is him making various wishes 
Yes. And these witches grant them, and they throw him into interminable comedy skits. Yeah, like, they, they grant him wishes because they want to use his um, pull as a huge television star to bring good publicity to witches. Which is like, sure, okay, fine, I'll roll with it uh, as know. long as you just keep going so we can end this. Yeah, um, it doesn't it doesn't end nearly fast enough. Uh, no. First, they have to get to the most Halloween themed sketch of that I could possibly imagine. Your traditional trucker wedding sketch. Oh my god! Because <laughs> when you think Halloween, you think. The rhinestone trucker, which is the character the witch has turned him into. He wishes to be a trucker, and that's that because this is another fucking 70s thing. Yeah, and I actually looked this up to make sure that I wasn't crazy, but uh, CB Radio, or as they call it, the Citizens Band, uh, was a big thing in the 70s because of stuff like Smokey and the Bandit and uh, other trucker-themed entertainment. And one of our favorite Mystery Science Theater 3000 episodes, Riding with Death. Riding with Death. It's I keep telling so Tim important. that we're going to have to talk about Riding with Death one day. And it's it's hard now to, for me, or anyone really, to imagine what a big fucking deal CB Radio was back then. But I guess I guess like they didn't have cell phones? Yeah. You couldn't, uh, the idea of being able to talk to somebody else who's driving while you're also driving was just crazy... And knew enough that that's that that it just it just swept the nation. And there was there was also this kind of kind of like redneck culture was really big back then. Yes, the Dukes of Hazard and everything. And so it's just so pop culturally essential to have trucker shit in your Halloween special. <laughs> and it's this sketch that goes on for I want I want to say yeah 10 11 hours somewhere in there something like something like about as long as it takes to fly to hawaii from denver <laughs> is how long this trucker sketch goes on yeah and the, not one th- single thing in it has anything to do with halloween there no. is no it doesn't even like i don't think it even like is supposed to take place on halloween night no the essential anything. premise is that um paul lind and tim conway are two super manly truckers who want to marry the same truck stop waitress who's played by Roz Pinky Tuscadero Kelly <laughs> and and uh, yeah first first um, Paul Lynn tries to kill Tim Conway a couple of times almost <laughs> succeeds but not quite and they get to they get to the, the restaurant where Roz works and they talk to her for a while and um, and it just it just goes on forever and it's just, interesting because um, you know much as Paul Lind was kind of like a a one character character actor it would seem that Roz Kelly was the the same thing yeah she was like this is my thing and this is what I'm doing I'm red haired and sassy yep there are no songs from my latest album going on here this is just Pinky Tuscadero in a slightly different outfit here we go <laughs> and yeah and they 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 just taught, they I don't remember how the sketch goes because I just kept tuning out. I just kept losing the thread so often. <laughs> I watched this, by the way, I want to stress, cold sober. Cold, icy, frigid, antarctically sober to watch something <laughs> like this. And I still don't remember half of what the hell went on in these sketches because they are so long. Because See, you just had to fill time back then. Yeah, you had to fill in your whole um, yeah, day you, part or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, like I've actually seen it multiple times because it's become kind of a ritual for me to watch this at Halloween, along <laughs> with uh, The Worst Witch starring Tim <laughs> Curry. Um, so, Excellent choices. But yeah, like it's, it's kind of the same thing. Because every year I watch it, I'm like, oh my god, this is so terrible. I forget how terrible this is. But yeah, so they, they fight over this truck stop waitress with like, they have a couple of contests of strength where they... Well, first, like, Poland drives his big rig through the wall, which is hilarious to the audience in the can. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, this is my favorite bit when Tim Conway kills all these people with cinder blocks and just flying glass. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's a hilarious way to start the day. And um, he has, yeah. What, what else even happens in well, this sketch? They... Because I just remember it being just this interminable sticky back and forth well yeah because they they're fighting over they're fighting over the waitress and she is of course incredibly venal because she's very easily swayed by who is the strongest but ultimately by who is the richest who is um paul lynn's character right we haven't even talked about his grotesque costuming where for whatever reason they put on like a, a red wig and like a giant red 
chest wig. Oh yeah, the fake chest hair. This this the, we we were, were mystified by that as well. I can only assume it's. Is a it a ref- reference to Burt Reynolds or something? Maybe. <laughs> God, is that it? That they made him look like gay trucker Burt Reynolds because that was like that. We we were trying to figure that out. Like that what sounds is... like a bootleg Halloween costume. <clears throat> Probably. Uh, gay trucker detective 70s guy <laughs> generic style but but yeah we couldn't even figure out like what is this even a reference to what is this even a parody of because it's so weirdly specific like I know vaguely what rhinestone cowboy is a reference to but what does that have to do with anything else that's going on the rhinestone and, trucker yeah. big red the ri- big ruby red the rhinestone trucker yeah just again it seems it seems like a conscious choice to, to get laughs out of the idea of Tim Conway and Paul Lind fighting over a lady. The whole thing is more 70s than Legionnaire's disease. <laughs> it's more 70s than stagflation. <laughs> Ugh, whip it. Whip inflation now, guys. Whip this sketch out of our lives. And then, and then it just when you think it's over, another dance number starts. Yeah, they it's go... It's a trucker-themed dance number. They go to a jaunty, country-fried, yeah. trucker CB radio... Um, square dance number. Dancers come out and now they're wearing cowboy hats. And, and Ross shit. Kelly's method is just kind of like yell her way through a song. Oh, yeah. And of course, God, she has to sing. And of course, right. Paul Lynn has a beautiful, mellifluous voice. <laughs> Not a single person anywhere in this thing, except Florence Henderson, seems to be able to sing. Yeah, and only Mrs. Make, Brady can and sing. And they make them all, they make them all sing. <coughs> One after the other. <coughs> Uh, but yeah, so they do they do their little trucker number, and then um, oh Jesus, and then kiss comes out. That's the first kiss number <coughs> comes between the trucker number and the Arabian Sheik story. Yeah, which is honestly kind of a relief because like say what you want about kiss, they had like a very uh, tight particular <laughs> act. At least they, yeah, they had an act. They had a thing that they did. That, that vaguely made sense and that they'd been practicing for a long time and it was a lot easier to just slot it in here and like yeah Kiss uh, however you feel about their music uh, stagecraft pretty on point and they got they had like their crazy exploding amps and yeah, they pyro and stuff and... yeah it was, it was fun that's Kiss it's fun you know yeah and then um, just when you're feeling a little bit of sweet relief and they go into the Florence of Arabia sketch we explained this a little bit before, but the premise is based on Rudolph Valentino's chic character. Now, Rudolph Valentino was a great lover of the silent screen, so he was basically like a super seductive, kind of rapey chic. Mm-hmm. You know, kidnaps an English woman, and you know she falls in love because of all the raping. Again, and... a classic Halloween story, <laughs> right? Yeah. I, 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 all I can think of that, that their excuse for these things in a Halloween special was, well, they're all wearing costumes. Yeah. Right? We got to put them in these outfits. So what if, and that's a reach, I know, but I was really grasping for some kind of sanity. Well, between at, big old fat these, lines in the writer's room. Yeah. Oh, that was. They that, came up with this. That was definitely a thought I had more than once over the course of watching this i've never done cocaine but i feel like i need to do it at least once just to understand how the hell something like this could happen well you understand how they obviously wrote it in 24 hours with the <laughs> yeah, help of yeah, drugs because right. i know a lot of a lot of times like kind of a lazy form of criticism say like oh man like who were they smoking when they made this you know which is like ah, eh, you know like it's not so funny anymore but, but... no man it's uh, cocaine, you can absolutely ask that about yeah. most of the entertainment produced between the si- like 1968 <laughs> and 1991. Particularly, it's a perfectly valid question. Yeah, particularly because TV production is a very accelerated working environment. Yeah, yeah. This 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 special was written in a writer's room where the only furniture was beanbags and a mirror. That's all that was in there. And the mirror was not on the wall. It was on the floor. And you could not look at yourself in it because it was covered in Bolivian marching powder. That is just a plain ass fact. And I, yeah, the mind boggles at how, I I would love to know how many of the writers even remember coming up with this shit. They're probably all dead. Yes. Well, that's actually good. true. Good riddance. Is oh, Bruce Williams still alive? I, th- I think he's still he alive. Is. Do you know he also oh worked God. on the Star Wars Holiday Special? Oh, I know. 
He worked on everything. But yeah, yeah he he's he's like one of the one of the people who's like willing to go on record about the Star Wars holiday special because most of the people who worked on that just never want to talk about it ever again. Jefferson Starship will never speak of it. <laughs> Don't even ask. Um, um I, yeah, and this is this is another thing that I, a note that I wrote down. This is a real line that Paul Lynn says when he's trying to seduce Florence Henderson. Perhaps a glass of my hyena wine, which is <laughs> what? <laughs> what is that? Where did that? That is just cocaine coming to life and sitting at a typewriter um, and coming up with something. Hyena wine is from fermented and pressed hyenas. Duh. <laughs> it's like I don't even know. I don't even know if it's racist because it doesn't even make sense. <laughs> like, can something be so racist that it's not even racist anymore because it's not referring to a thing to that anything. is related it, to it any has of no the relation to human portrayed? culture? Like, oh man, I'm so sick of these Mexicans and their their strudel. <laughs> if I have one more, see one more strudel truck pull up on my block, I'm putting up that wall. <laughs> like, you don't know what races are. That was a brief peek at the San Fernando Valley. <clears throat> Um, but yeah, so the it's, Caneo Valley. We're in the Caneo Valley. Well, yeah. Either way, same same difference. Same difference. Um, premise. So he's trying to sed- it's he plays a sheik trying to seduce a frigid English lady who eventually mm-hmm. accedes to his charms, and then Tim Conway shows up dressed as a French Foreign Legion guy, barely doing an accent, and shows up to kidnap the sheik, who then escapes, and then he and Florence Henderson mash on each other until the blissful fade out. Yeah. Is there anything worse than seeing Florence Henderson and Paul Lynn like smashing their faces together and moaning? Because that is the thing mm. that happens in this. It was so uncomfortable. It's the most awkward. So thing. uncomfortable. I would. I would it, literally. He takes, he takes so long to like lead into it. There's so much like sneering and lip wiggling before the kiss actually happens. I would rather watch my parents make out. To be honest, <laughs> I would. I'd, I would rather watch my parents make out with your parents <laughs> than watch. Paul Lynn tried to convincingly heterosexually kiss Florence Henderson. The key party, another 70s thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. I'm glad we missed that. I'm glad we missed out on that. Nobody needs that to come back. Thank God for AIDS, you know? Oh, you know, people don't talk enough about the good things about AIDS. We don't, we don't, we don't give it enough. We don't give AIDS enough credit for putting certain things to bed. Thank you, AIDS, so to speak. You know, let's just take a moment and, uh... <clears throat> We'll edit this. No, <laughs> no, we won't. This is all. This is all staying in. This is. This is the whole point. It can't be any worse than Paul and Hollywood. This is special. our message. <laughs> Maybe that was that. Was that how it was reviewed? The Paul and Holiday special. Worse than AIDS? I don't know. The uh, other. The other worst thing in the sketch is when um, Paul Lind is uh, delivering a particularly florid piece of dialogue, and then he stops and kind of shudders and says, "I'm turning myself on." Oh. God. Well, you're turning me off forever. <laughs> My genitals just became a smooth, unbroken surface because I cannot get aroused in any direction ever again. Not even he- by Mrs. That. Brady. Well, maybe in an emergency. But yeah, that was that was so woof. Again, I wonder how people reacted to that at the time. Was it funny at the time? Yeah, like, was I was really wonder disturbing? if this was, was this some kind of bizarre in-joke on the part of the network or the writers where it was like, hey, you know, it'd be really funny to make Paul do just totally heterosexual things. It'll be like Rock Hudson and Giant, That's only not good. All I can think of. All <laughs> I can think of was, yeah, uh, and Rock Hudson, like, also wasn't out. <laughs> well, yeah. No, no one knew. People went to see Rock Hudson movies and like, that's a there's a real man that's a real what's man. Doris Day even doing trying to keep him away from her <laughs> but yeah I, would... I just imagine Paul Lynn and Rock Hudson doing Florence and Arabia together <laughs> that would probably they would sell the shit out of that yeah they would that would that would have been a delightfully erotic sketch <laughs> it would have would have worked way better well I now I know what my next fanfic will be <laughs> welcome to the Paul Lynn fan fiction zone Please join my web ring and sign my guest book. <laughs> I just put a DeviantArt link to your Paul Sona. Oh, boy. Some, that's the great thing. Rule 34, man. <laughs> this is my if, Twitter account if, where I tweet as Paul Lynn. If Paul, if Paul Lynn exists, there is porn of him. 
Jesus that's how, that's how the fucking works. There's oh. nothing any of us can do about it. This is this is this is the scariest Halloween movie right here. Oh, this will put some scars on you. Yeah, this will this will this will this will leave some damage for sure. Yeah. This is people people talk a big game about like the, the Garfield Halloween episode. <laughs> this is way scarier on way more levels. <laughs> and we, we finally I think we finally get to the there's, there's <clears throat> some business involving a stuffed parrot for no reason and there's a there's a brief and yeah, inexplicable a, a s- Beretta reference. Oh my god. Yeah. And Did Beretta have a parrot? Is that the joke there? This is the thing. There uh, there are two things I would like to say about this lamentable bit of specifically qu- of the comedy. Parrot, specifically the parrot bit. So he hands her he tries to gift her with a parrot, a stuffed macaw, which is it's a fucking macaw and mm-hmm. he tells her it's a cockatoo. I mm-hmm. guess cuz cockatoo is a funnier word. Indeed. Cuz cock is in it. It's on, under his robe and it's a cockatoo. So oh! you get it. That's saying that I just ruin it even more for I'm you. So I'm sorry. dead inside. Um <laughs> And then smooth um, surface. And then they make a joke about the show Beretta, and Beretta had a pet cockatoo. That is okay. That is what it is. Then. Beretta okay. was that Robert Blake? Yeah. The yeah. Mur- the famous murderer. Yeah, the famous wife killing Robert Blake. Yes. And um, yeah, that that that's just one of those weird things that happens when you watch old entertainment because uh, it's an old saying: do not build statues to the living, for they can still disgrace the stone. And uh, man, <laughs> sometimes you go back, and uh, Beretta turns out was on the wrong side of the law, and uh, the joke is weird now here's, because of that. Here's all, another. Now all people people don't remember that Beretta had a cockatoo. All they know is he murdered his wife in real life. It's very so that 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 threw us way off, and we didn't even we didn't even. I, I didn't realize until just now that that's what the joke actually was. So like, what the fuck was that about? He did play a murderer in, in Cold Blood. Did he? Okay. It was closer to the the skin than ever we knew. <laughs> right. He he, uh, he got into character for that by uh, being himself for his entire life. Also, if you've ever watched Hogan's Heroes, look up Bob Crane sometime. That's a good story. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a that's quite a hmm, that's a hell of a thing. Here and here's Tim going. Shut up about true crime, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> it's important to history. Um, so then then the. Sheik sketch mercifully comes to an end. I think without a dance number. I think we get we get out of it without a dance number, and we're back with the witches again. And they ask him what his final wish is. Wishes, and he says, "Well, I want to wish for something for you two. What do what do you two want? What would you wish for?" And I wrote this line down in its entirety. Us witches don't have a lot of fun. We want to go to a Hollywood disco. <laughs> it was so funny to see to see this this scene which is like the, the grand finale of the show it goes on for like the final 20 minutes there's like kiss that's kiss's final song happens in there and i can't tell any of the kiss songs apart by nope. the way except for beth 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 because it's such, it's such a ballad it's so different but i don't think we got to beth yet that's after that's after mrs brady's big number okay okay who um and to give her credit florence henderson has a fine voice she does um she's a little bit old-fashioned it's, it's lots a little, of vibrato it's a little weird it's a little weird to hear with the 70s but but she, she sings a disco version of that old black magic yeah oh i yeah i wrote okay this is this is a note that i took florence henderson singing a disco cover of that old black magic sounds like a really desperate hand of cards against humanity that's like <laughs> i got the, i got the florence henderson card i got disco cover i got that old black magic let's see if these three things go together in any order that makes sense well almost that one and then and then yeah that one would not that one would not win because the winner would be something like um it would be zombies and um child right. deaths from cancer R- right right uh, florence florence henderson singing a disco cover of the concept of rape probably, <laughs> probably is how you would win cards against humanity with those cards but uh yeah that that was that was, that a, a deeply weird thing but again she does a fine job she mm-hmm. does a much better job at the ridiculous things she's asked to do in this show than almost anybody else. She's a real trooper. Yeah, that that is... Mm. Like Tim Conway. Yeah, Tim, Tim up for anything Conway. <laughs> the, the beauty of working working as a sketch comedy actor for so long, you're just like, yeah, fuck it, okay. The true utility player that can just be slotted in yeah. anywhere. What do you want me to dress needed. like? I'll make it. I'll make it funny. <laughs> I'll make this. I'll make this work. And yes. Yeah, 
Florence Henderson does that, and is Beth after that? Yeah, they do. They they intro uh, Beth, where um, the one guy who sings Beth sings Beth, and then the other guys from Kiss just kind of sit around while he plays it on the piano. Moral support. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dignity, um, I hear you calling. <laughs> Oh, I want to plug real quick. I don't know where you would be able to find this. Um, it's it's online somewhere. An old internet friend of mine, back like seven or eight years ago, I want to say, made this mix CD that he called "People Let Me Get This Off My Chest" because the cover was just a picture of Paul Stanley's chest hair, and it is a, it is a full length CD of nothing but Paul Stanley pre-song patter from Kiss's live shows. Oh, I heard this. It's so great. It's amazing. It's, it's so just, great. It's just Paul Stanley for an hour going, how you doing, Cincinnati? How's everybody in Chicago? And just, <laughs> you guys ready to rock and roll? Paul Stanley's speaking voice, slightly different from his singing voice. My friend Rich you know always used to quote him introducing Love Gun, and it was the funniest thing I've ever heard. How did that go? Can you do that for us now? Oh God, I wish I could, because it was just like uh, he. It was a bit where he talked about how the cops frisked him, but they didn't find my love gun. <laughs> oh, oh, all the people in the audience like we know where this is going. Oh, my God, my love gun. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know, I I know what Beth is. I could not name the other two songs that Kiss do because they sound like all Kiss songs sound. Like. I'm told that they are Detroit Rock City and King of the Nighttime World. All right, I apologize to any uh, rabid, foaming, obsessive Kiss fans out there who are pissed that we don't know these songs by the the opening bars, but we <laughs> don't because we're of the wrong era in history. Um, I, I know a comedian a comedian named Josh Fadim has a very funny bit where he talks about how different Kiss's music is than their stage persona because their stage persona is all just crazy makeup leather dragons from space and then they start playing their songs and their songs are like rock 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 and roll who likes to rock I like to rock it's fun to rock we're rocking now <laughs> and it's like yeah music's slightly less menacing than the that's very stagecraft true. would lead you to believe um and then kiss finishes their number and they have some uh they are brought off the stage to meet paul and oh himself god, yeah they have a little and they back and little... forth because like oh my god like what's more hilarious than paul lynn meeting kiss i mean the comedy just writes itself i suppose it, <laughs> i suppose it would have to nobody else did i did i did laugh really hard i have to admit when um he mentions their makeup and Gene Simmons just says, we don't wear makeup. Gene, not an actor, Simmons. <laughs> Jumping in there. I he, mean, he delivers, he delivers that line like he's being poked with a cattle prod. Just off camera, <laughs> like, oh, I'm supposed to talk. Okay. Uh, that, that does have, there, that is a joke that I remember that I've heard before. I don't, not not that part, but but when Paul Lynn says, um, "I think you kids were fighting once, and your mom said kiss and make up." <laughs> that I've heard that joke before, but I can't remember where. Again, probably Dana Gould saying it on his podcast <laughs> because he's obsessed with this shit too. It's um, all this this whole thing is dad humor. Well, back in the seventies, that was the only people that, that was mattered. the humor. That oh, was all because you, of the because got. of the white cis male hegemony, the only humor was mm-hmm. dad humor, mm-hmm. and this was an effect of the patriarchy. I blame the patriarchy for all of, of this, quite frankly. I blame the patriarchy for everything. I think <laughs> feminism has, if nothing else, rescued us from things like the Paul Lind Halloween special. For oh the, shit! For the foreseeable future, I'm gonna send uh, I'm gonna send money to Andrea Dworkin right now. <laughs> the fuck she's dead oh no I, i'll donate to an anti-porn organization in her name <laughs> i hear gloria allred is representing all the people who saw this when it originally aired. <laughs> we're giving a press conference <laughs> right after this people hurt by the paul in halloween special oh so yeah they do um they they do a little bit with kiss and you know he shakes hands with kiss or whatever and then, oh my god, they bring out Roz, Pinky, Tuscadero, Kelly again. Again. And again, again, she flirts with Paul Lind, which is like, how many times are you going to try to put this cross, guy? guys? You know, she's like, oh, I've been watching you, tall Paul. Oh. 
Uh, no one calls him that. <laughs> no one ever. And then she kind of yells her way through a cover of uh, Disco Lady. Oh yeah, I forgot. I forgot about Disco. But Disco Lady's the finale. Yeah, they it's do. The they do finale. it as Disco Baby, and she demonstrates how to dance the disco like all the kids like to do. Um, and I'm super mad because I've had Disco Lady in my head for like five days. What? Yeah. And oh god, yeah, I remember now. Jesus, I just watched this last night, and it just is just a thin film of madness in my mind. But now I remember. This is the part of the special where you get to see Margaret Hamilton and Billy Barty disco dancing, cutting a rug as part of the. Oh, and just it made me think, what a goddamn weird time to be alive. If you're an elderly, famous person who's who like got started who's been in movies since the thirties or whatever. And you've just been weathering the storms and like, it's like that Sondheim song, like, but I'm here, you know? <laughs> and um, again, playing the parts, which the industry <laughs> deigns to yeah, afford to you. Like as a, as a little I don't, person. I don't, I don't like to think about what Margaret Hamilton and Billy Barty's financial situations were at this point that made them agree to do this, but just like, all right, this is, it, it's like, imagine being an actor and just weathering the 20th, the pop culture of the 20th century. And like every eight to 10 years, something comes along. We're like, well, this is a thing now. Guess I have to do this. And we get to watch them deal with disco. <laughs> yeah. Because like, there's another um, Halloween special that actually like riff tracks just resurrected. Um, the night Dracula saved the world. With uh, Jed Hirsch and Marriott Hartley. And oh that God. ends with a fucking disco party. Because oh. it came out in 1978. That's what you had to do. Yeah. That's what you had, you had like, to put that in Like, literally at the end, Jed Hirsch dresses up like Travolta from Saturday Night Fever in a white suit. And he disco dances <laughs> with Marriott Hartley. Have you ever seen Gravity Falls? A little bit. Quick quick plug for Gravity Falls. It's one of the best cartoons I've ever seen. It's It was on Disney XD. It only aired two seasons. It's on Hulu now, and you can watch the whole thing, and you should because it's fucking great. And it, it, was, it just ended like two years ago, and they refer back to the 90s the way the television of the 90s referred back to like the 60s. And every time Gravity Falls refers to the back to the 90s, it shows a bunch of like white people in terrible b-boy outfits in front of <laughs> neon printed graffiti murals um, wearing giant gold medallions and saying boy a lot. And that's just like, oh, yeah, the 90s were that and Bill Clinton. Yeah, pretty much. That's what we had to work with. And uh, yeah, and that that's that's like what I think like this is that for the 70s. It's just like disco yeah like this is what we've got folks like enjoy it old stars and disco and donnie and marie yeah like going like like yeah i've been partying like a movie star for 50 years it's long i've been a movie star but now all the parties happen at disco clubs so i guess i gotta <laughs> go do that i guess i gotta go learn how to do cocaine it makes correctly. me sad because i actually really really love disco it was a maligned <laughs> It was a malign genre of music for a long time. I'm not. I'm not here to hate on disco. Um, it when it was the only genre of music that anyone would acknowledge, that was kind of a problem. I, I think that that partially contributed to everybody hating it so much that it was just everywhere. Um, yes, it's it's newness and it's ubiquity. Yeah, it's like what is this? Oh God, I can't get away from it. It was like yeah, it's like the the, the boy bands of its time. Um, some of it has aged well, some of it is not. And that which is not is in this show. This is like all the bad things about disco and none of the good things. Yeah, like they, they don't have Chic in this or Giorgio Moroder. Right, Just right. Paul Lind and Roz Kelly. R right. Excuse me, Roz Pinky Tuscadero <laughs> Kelly. To, to, me, to me, the ultimate in bad disco is disco covers of existing songs that were not disco songs. That's the only that's 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 what I think of when I think of just oh god why is this happening kind of disco. It's like, like no one asked for that old black magic to turn into a disco number. It was no like the kids that. bop of the 70s. <laughs> right. Or those CDs where it's just like cats meowing, but they're meowing jingle bells. Ah, uh, so that is the Poland Halloween special, which I am not <laughs> shitting you is available on DVD. Oh my god, really? Yeah, it aired only once. And apparently there was a there's a little bit of trouble. The producer and head writer had to clear the rights 
years, which was like a two-year process. Oh, I can imagine. Well, it's just this crazy mashup of all this stuff that they only f- they only they only paid for like one airing of. I bet I bet the I bet the um the stumbling block was Kiss. Oh yeah. Oh no question. Yeah, that's probably the main. Because who's still a thing from that special that is like clinging to the rights to whatever it is? Nobody. Isn't else. everybody dead? Just about. Tim Conway yeah. is still alive. Tim Conway is still alive. Florence Henderson is still alive, but it's not like they had intellectual property uh, <laughs> rights. They, you know, the actors they signed away their lives. No, you like, signed like over you your. Do. And um, I think Roz Kelly is still alive, and um, a few years ago got in trouble for firing her shotgun at a neighbor's property. <laughs> the special ruined people's lives. That's what we're learning today. <laughs> what did we? What did we learn? What did we learn from all this? Oh my god! Um, we learned. We learned that. I learned that witches, maybe witches can't be trusted. I learned that maybe <laughs> I need to switch to a different Halloween special for my yearly viewing. <laughs> Garfield, man. <laughs> Garf- that Garfield one. Is that the one with Get the song? That. What, that's the one with the terrifying ghost pirates. Yes, and he sings a song about how the one thing he's not is a fraidy cat. I yeah. Oh yeah. Scaredy cat. That sounds. That sounds right. Yeah. yeah. It's, been a, it's been a while, but. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure I had it on VHS. You could do. You could do worse. You could do worse. Um, we learned. God, we we learned nothing. I think. <laughs> I don't think we. I don't, I don't think we take any useful information away from this, other than the '70s were another country. Goddamn right. <laughs> well, this did come out literally 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. I mentioned that. I mentioned how old. <laughs> how old this is and i am (laughs) it's like oh god i hope i've held up better than this special has well i can so far so good i can look at you without cringing so (laughs) so you you have i'm i don't seem super racist or randomly homophobic (laughs) when i'm racist or homophobic it's extremely deliberate it's not a result of time passing Uh, well, uh, yeah. well, it's been a pleasure. This part has been a pleasure. Watching this was not a pleasure. No. This has been a delight. But again, you can find it on YouTube if you dare um, watch it in Marvel. Um, put it on at a party when you want your guests to leave. <laughs>